0: Informing
1: America's farmers and ranchers. This is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Mike Pearson. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to AOA here. It's hard to believe, but it is already Friday. March 11th is upon us. Commodity classic happening down here in New Orleans. I am very excited to say we are on location today. The show is coming to you from the booth of Intelligent Ag, booth number 4116 here at the Trade Show. If you're able to make your way by, we'd love to see you. We're going to be talking with Russ Drenth and Nick Welker here in just a little bit about the technology that's coming to spraying and floater technology. Really seeing some leaps in advances that matter a lot when efficiency is an issue given the prices we're paying out there in the countryside later on in the program we're gonna be talking to Kelly Newenhouse he is on the board for the national corn directors our national corn growers Association we're gonna be getting caught up on what they're discussing here at commodity classic and folks no big surprise biofuels are hot this year we're finally hearing that energy security conversation come back into the mainstream it is going to be a lot of fun thanks for tuning in with us today but let's talk intelligent Ag, sitting here at the table with me live and in person is Russ Drenth. Oh, Russ is the sales director with mm-hmm. Intelligent Ag. And Russ, before we
2: get to the technology that you guys are, are highlighting here mm-hmm. at the show, tell us a little
1: bit about Intelligent Ag. Where
2: are you from? Well, uh, we are uh, originated in Fargo, North Dakota, and uh company started about uh, over 12 years ago. Uh, One of the patriarchs is uh, Barry Batchelor, kind of an interesting uh, gentleman, spent most of his life in agriculture, went on to get an aerospace engineering degree. And uh, long story short, uh, took a lot of the aerospace engineering and technology and applied it to agriculture, things that had never been done before. Uh, So he identified, actually, first and foremost, a lot of uh, problems with blockage technology, especially with air seeders, Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that was actually his first innovation was to, rather than have an optical sensor uh, out in the field, uh, which causes a lot of issues and problems, he actually developed an acoustic sensor. Uh, just a very, very different way of looking at a problem. So Using very Using sound waves yes. rather
1: than visual yes. indications as to whether or not things are flowing.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Very yep. cool. Yep. And so
1: Intelligent Ag, for 12 years, you guys have been developing that technology. And then here today, you've been highlighting a couple of core technologies that, that really matter a lot. Let's talk floaters yep. first, if we can, yep. Russ. Mm-hmm. What is it that you've got here at Commodity Classic that really matters for that floater applicator today?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting because floaters, we have uh, made some progress obviously with mapping and gps and things of this nature but would you believe at the end of the day you really don't know on most floaters out there in the countryside right now you don't know what's actually coming out of the back end of that machine and that and that's remarkable to me to think that somebody's driving that machine and coming out of those tubes and the funnel and whatever uh, you you have no idea what's uh, actually being spread that is unbelievable to think about here we are in 2022 we're, we're connected to everything
1: right and yet we don't know what's happening 35 feet behind us at the yeah. back of the floater
2: yeah and we we noticed this this was a complaint with many many people because you'd have stripes up and down the field mm-hmm. because one of the tubes was plugged or something of this nature and so we actually applied that acoustic technology that was in wbm that's been around for now uh, over 10 years patented and we applied that to the deflectors on the back of the floater And so now you can have that same technology. You can have an iPad in the cab. In real time, you know everything is spreading.
1: That's pretty cool. So Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by this technology,
2: hearing
1: the the Mm -hmm. fertilizer hitting the defector plate. Talk a little bit about how that works. What sort of of construction changes are needed to be made to the floater to get this uh, Locked yeah,
2: <laughs> that's the beautiful thing. It's very, very easy install. Uh, it's actually uh, the, the acoustic sensor just uh, presses right onto the deflector. And then it's just like, again, like at your doctor's stethoscope. We have a tube, a uh, special uh, polymer tube uh, that goes to an ECU. It's got uh, microphones in there and that's the brains. And it basically tells the iPad then, so to speak, what's going on. And so you know real time what's what's happening. And kind of an interesting story is about partial blockages because think about it, okay, maybe you do a visual test. Oh, everything looks like it's running, but what if one of them is only you know uh, 70%? So you got the 30% blockage. It would be very hard to see with the eye. Yeah. So we actually had a chunk of wood show up in one of the uh, uh, funnels. And what had happened is I suppose out of a pallet or something, you know, it it got into the mix and we actually got a phone call and the the operator said, hey, you know, something's wrong with your system. We said, ah, I don't think so because it's saying, this isn't right, you're lacking. they were seeing the system flash and the applicator
1: was like, hey, something's wrong. And then they were looking out the back and go, well, I've got product flowing. So clearly your system has the problem.
2: Right. And And that was not the case. Yes, and and the system did exactly what it was supposed to. And they went in and did some research and tore the thing apart. Sure enough, there's a chunk of wood. They fixed it and moved on. But here's the interesting thing. If they hadn't found that, look what would have happened to the farmer. The farmer would have been forever guessing, now, God, did I do something with my sprayer? Did I do something at planting, whatever? how did this streak happen in my field? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I
1: I think the ability to grasp the farmer's impact, that's intuitive. I understand that, yeah, of course he's gonna be frustrated. You've paid Mm -hmm. for this fertilizer and it's not where it should have been. But this also, I imagine, has ramifications for the co-op or the applicator company who's gotta make a second trip or fix it somehow.
2: Absolutely, and I tell you, I can tell you that insurance claims, uh uh they exist all the time i mean if you talk to co-ops and retailers they'll say oh yeah i mean you know we we may have even uh, as high as three percent insurance claims depending on the year if it's really uh, a lot of moisture in the air uh, fertilizer will bridge things of this nature so uh you know there's just a lot of other other hidden expenses with the insurance claims and things like that and the the reputation right, and, right. And nobody things of wants this to be
1: the, the company that can't get product where it needs exactly. to exactly so yeah. as you see elevators and co-ops and, and co- commercial applicators adopting this technology are they noticing gains in efficiency are you getting labor gains where does that really matter to their bottom line
2: right so i can tell you with the with what we call the 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 spread sense the uh, recon spread sense that just that operator not having to constantly look in his rear view mirror or or have people standing and watching and just all the little intricacies at the end of the day i've had most operators tell me at the end of the day i'm 30 percent less fatigued just because I know what I'm getting. I don't have to run around and check all the time and the efficiency gains Uh, probably easily 15% it's just a ballpark Um, you know thinking
1: about the challenges that every company that I have spoken to here at Commodity Classic is having with labor keeping those employees happy keeping those applicators running and not jumping up and down from the cab to the ground that's a long jump in a floater is not it
2: absolutely (laughs) absolutely and that leads me to our next uh, point uh, maybe is is our uh, engage line of goods which is the engage spread control so now not only are we monitoring as we do with the spread sense but now we have spread control and basically abbreviated right now on a on a floater again looking at technology it'll usually be a 70-foot boom and you can control left and right so you're controlling two booms 35 feet that's not very precise when you think about it and we now actually can change that funnel box and make it a four-section control and especially on like pie shaped fields, things like this, we have significant overlap, oftentimes seven to 10% overlap. We can take that down less than 2% and on square fields, maybe even less than 1% where normally they have 3% overlap or more. Um, yeah, it's amazing, amazing technology.
1: It truly is. And this mm-hmm. is not, it's not brand new technology. You guys have been developing this for some time. How long has this been on the market?
2: Uh, now on the spread control, it's been on the market, I believe plus minus three years. Okay. And uh, you know, just becoming more more widely adopted as people understand and, uh, and and know the difference. And and the thing about that is really a win-win because not only does the farmer get the, the, the product more um, specifically applicated to where it's supposed to be, but Think about how much time it takes yeah. for a retailer to understand uh, you know, uh, all the uh, intricacies of where they're gonna spread the fertilizer. Yeah. And so there's a lot of losses for the retailers if they don't do it precise. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. we're gonna be
1: talking a mm-hmm. lot more technology as it comes to application, so stick around with us on AOA. When we return, we're gonna take a look at what's happening in the biofuel space. Stay with us on AOA.
0: Agriculture of America is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
2: Every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique, original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crop, cattle, equipment, technology, and more. They are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today.
3: Oh, nice engine! Supercharged? Yep. High porosity and aggregates? Yep. Porous medium for gas exchange?
4: Uh-huh.
0: Microbial catalytic potential and repository for carbon and nitrogen?
4: Check, check, and check.
3: Oh, man, that is good under the hood. And to think I used to be impressed with hammys.
4: So, When was the last time you looked under the hood at your farm's production engine? At your soil? Is it as healthy and productive as it can be? Stop by your local USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out and unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by NRCS and this radio station.
5: Considering an online pharmacy? Explore BeSafeRx to find useful information and resources to help you purchase medicines safely online. A safe online pharmacy requires a doctor's prescription, has an address in the United States, has a licensed pharmacist, and is licensed by a state pharmacy board. It's best to stay away from online pharmacies that don't meet these criteria. Discover more helpful tips and resources at BeSafeRx. Go to fda.gov slash BeSafeRx.
4: We can make a difference, bite by bite.
0: Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
3: keeping farmers and ranchers informed. AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to AOA. Thanks so much for making us a part of your Friday. I tell you, one of the great things about Commodity Classic is the trade show. You get to bump into new technology, see what's happening on the ground in agriculture, but that's not the only thing happening. There's big discussions happening with regard to policy, happening with regard to agronomics. We've got discussions happening with regard to the future of biofuels, a topic that has gotten hot. Joining me for this segment, we've got Kelly Newenhouse. He's an Iowa farmer, president of the Iowa Corn Promotions Board. Kelly, thanks for joining us. Hey, great to be here, Mike. We've also got Lance Lillibridge joining us today. is the president of the Iowa Corn Growers, farmer near Vinton, Iowa. Lance, good to see you.
6: Hey, great to be here. Thanks for the invite.
1: Kelly, let's talk first about biofuels. We have seen a big jump in interest in energy security across the country. Biofuels are a great place to provide that homegrown fuel for farmers. Is that message resonating, do you think, in D.C. or at state capitals? Well,
7: we're sure, sure uh, being aggressive with that, getting that message out about energy independence. And uh, just yesterday we talked about how if we replaced uh, one-third of the E10 pumps with E15 in the U.S., we'd eliminate the need for Russian imports. So, you know, we're here today and we're ready to fill that void. Absolutely, and I imagine discussions have been happening here about the future of biofuels. Kelly, what is the industry excited about? You know, we're really pushing to get year-round E15 sales back on track right now. Um, that's going to be part, somewhat of a challenge. We've got the Next Generation Fuels Act that was introduced by Representative Butos a few months ago, and that's a national corn growers bill that we put together that's... Uh, promoting mid-level plants of ethanol and getting that fuel certified. So we're catching on the next generation biofuels? Are we finding traction in DC? You know, we've got 23 co-signers on that bill right now. And and the interesting thing is one of of the congressmen is from Hawaii that's a co-signer in this. And the reason for that was that we have the biofuels tour every summer uh, where we invite uh, DC legislators out here. And one of their staff people came to Iowa and was so impressed with the biofuels industry and the farming industry that he went back to Hawaii and said what a great source to lower carbon emissions biofuels were. So we have a congressman from Hawaii as a co-signer in the Next Generation Fuels Act. That's
1: amazing. That's getting that story out there. So many folks just don't understand what happens behind the scenes in agriculture and in energy policy. Lance, you're sitting there. We got to get you in on this conversation. What are you hearing on the policy front? Big picture this year, farm bills in 2023, anything we're concerned about ahead of the midterms in November?
6: Everything in uh, agriculture should be a concern. I think it's a little too early to uh, get into the weeds on the, on the farm bill. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, talk about, uh, you know, where we're gonna be at for risk management products. And, and um, so that, that's always a discussion. And I think that happens throughout the course of the of, uh, election years and, and cycles. And so um, I think it's a little too early to tell on that part of it, on, the, on that policy.
1: Guys, we've got audience all across the country. And one of the big discussions happening across the country right now is the acreage mix heading into the planting season of 2022. We got two Iowa farmers here with me now. What are you guys hearing around home? Are are we are you hearing, Lance, any neighbors looking to go beans on beans? Are we changing acreage in a big way in Iowa anywhere?
6: Yeah. So so in my neck of the woods, there is quite a bit of conversation about going beans on beans on my farm. We're not going to grow any beans whatsoever. We're going to be all corn and and so there's uh, a lot of, lot of conversation about what to do because of these high fertilizer costs. And uh, you know, that's, that's every producer is gonna have to make some hard decisions this year and what's next for next year.
7: What I'm seeing in Northwest Iowa, I'm not really seeing a lot of changing up as far as rotations, but uh, you know, I think we'll be in that 90 million acres are in both corn and soybeans as a national uh, crop. So uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, Kelly, up in northwest Iowa, you guys have had some land
1: sales recently. <laughs> What's Farmland Prices been doing in your neck of well, the woods? Well, it's
7: pretty strong right now. You know, it's eighteen to 20000 I think there was one the other day that brought $23,000 an acre. But uh, that, that old uh, adage that they're not making any more of it is pretty true. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty exciting and interesting right now. It
1: certainly is. I think that's the understatement of the year. Guys, both of you are very plugged in to the world of biofuels, and I keep bringing it back to that just because this seems like an opportunity to have that conversation in D.C. We've got the RVO issues we haven't seen really addressed from EPA. Other than getting year-round E15, which is going to be a fight, what are some of the more tangible things we can do this year for biofuels? Lance, you're nodding your head. What do you think? Yeah,
6: well, I think the biggest thing that we need to do as farmers and can Consumers is uh, reach out to our legislators and say hey you know with this energy situation that we got on and inflation and you know the cost of everything biofuels is the answer uh, we can and with climate change you know um, we've got an administration that's reaching out to other countries and they're not answering the phone and if this administration would call us the American farmer we would answer the call to all the climate situations Concerns, and uh, you know we can reduce that cost at the pump. So that's the big thing right now. Is let's reach out to our legislators. Let's get this thing done. Let's let's keep the full court pressure on, and and uh, get something accomplished.
7: absolutely and we're constantly uh, promoting the biofuels industry with new technologies you know i i like to talk about clear flame engines a lot and i'm excited about that's a diesel styled engine that runs on e98 ethanol Uh, the first truck just rolled out of their uh facilities here a couple weeks ago that's being tested on e98 Uh, we've got uh, john deere building a or a nine liter engine uh, for testing with that, and, and that so, fuel. And so John
1: Deere is on board. They, yeah. Yeah. they really are committed to this clean diesel. Well, it's not diesel, it's clean ethanol technology clean ethanol. in a diesel. Format is yep. that? Am I understanding? It's a diesel engine, effectively, it, yeah, that burns it's,
7: ethanol. It's a combustion engine. It's not spark ignition. It's still okay. combustion ignition. Um, so, it and and the technology is exciting. It's been, you know, we started with this uh, project in 2016 at Iowa Corn. Uh, Dr. B.J. Johnson and Dr. Julie Bloomwriter had this as a science pro- project in Stanford University, and they reached out to Iowa Corn just asked for a letter of support. And sitting in that room and hearing that possibility, it was exciting. So we signed a letter of support, sent it off, and and where they've gone in the last five years is impressive. It is, and Kelly, when you think about the impact that a, a, an ethanol-burning diesel-style engine could do, it's substantial for corn ethanol, isn't it? Yeah, you know, the, the talk is just converting 20% of the diesel engines in the U.S. to an E98-burning clear flame engine, it'd take 15 billion gallons of ethanol per year. So, you know, there's a lot of potential there. We need to really promote that and get that out and running. And, uh, you know, I'll be excited when I can be uh, using E-98 in my tractors and in my semis.
1: Kelly, from the, the industry's perspective, the ethanol production industry, would there be any changes we'd have to make to infrastructure to accommodate a
7: 98% ethanol
1: blend in? in locations for these engines to operate? Yeah,
7: there would eventually, but I think the initial thoughts are to use industries that have their own fuel terminals. You know, E98 is what we ship out of ethanol plants. You know, we can ship it right to the farm and store it in above ground tanks, no issues. We can ship it to terminals, you know, that have their own trucking industries where they, you know, don't go a long ways, but can fuel up their own fuel. And then stationary generators is a big talk. You know, that run on diesel fuel now, this would be a great conversion for them to run on E98. very cool. When you think about upgrading that
1: infrastructure aspect, that's been a slog for the ethanol industry. Kelly, I know Iowa has been making some inroads, talking to retailers. W- what have you heard from the retailers? Are, are they still looking to make the uh, the need, needed changes to their infrastructure?
7: Oh, absolutely. You know, I sit on the Renewable Fuels and Infrastructure Program Board for the state of Iowa, and we've had a great grant program, We've uh, granted over $42 million to for retailers over the last 13 years and the new biofuels access bill that's what we're really promoting uh, in that bill there's a uh a part where they want to increase the renewable fields infrastructure funding from $5 million a year to 10 for a five-year period to so give us another $50 million to help retailers put in infrastructure. So we're really hoping this bill gets passed here soon. What What is the timeline on votes and expectations? A couple of months potentially? No, hopefully sooner, but it could take that long. We need to get it passed out of the Ways and Means Committee first and to the Senate. In the House it passed 82 to 10. Okay. So it's overwhelming support in the, in the Iowa House and so we just need to get, get it through the Senate and uh, we're working on those legislators and uh, making sure they know the correct uh, information on this, uh, this new bill. That's the key. Lance, as you've been talking
1: to legislators, have they been receptive to the, the accurate information from the ag industry?
6: Yeah, I'd say a good, good chunk of them are. Um, we've got a few that uh, are more challenging than others and uh, like Kelly said, we're in the Ways and Means Committee right now and we, we need to put that pressure on there. Um, this bill is really good for Iowa and it sets a precedence for the rest of the country. Um, Iowa being the number one ethanol producer, number one corn producer, we need to be a number one consumer of our, our products as well. And uh, you know, Iowa also has a, a opportunity to lower its carbon footprint by 40% if they if we choose to uh, use some carbon capture technology as well wow. off these ethanol, ethanol plants. And, uh, you know, what a, what a great way to focus on Iowa. It, it is, it truly is. Thank you so much, Lance,
1: appreciate that insight. Kelly Newenhouse, president of the Iowa Corn Promotion Board. Lance Lillabridge of the Iowa Corn Growers Association. Stick around, we'll have more AOA coming from Commodity Classic in a moment.
0: Agriculture of America is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
4: How many acres are you keeping an eye on? Another pair of eyes could be very helpful in protecting your ROI, especially ones that are highly trained. And that's what you'll get with an FS crop specialist. They can spot issues you might not even know you have using the latest technology, including thermal, drone, and NDVI imaging. Then they can get an early treatment plan started. Contact your local FS crop specialist to learn more about our crop scouting services. It's one more way FS is bringing you what's next.
3: Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong.
2: In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, Farm Radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting.
8: You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen reporting. As we take a look at the market trade, the commodities, they've stabilized a bit here into the end of the week, although we are seeing a bit more selling come into play here as we get going with our morning. So it could be a bit of a liquidation day once again in the grain trade. Crude oil is trading only slightly higher after coming off early morning highs and nearly $25 a barrel off recent highs as well, Uh, record highs from Monday. Wheat taking profits off the record highs as well, though. Quarter beans are in a little better shape, but starting to liquidate a little bit as well, especially in this soybean market. Wheat features, though, down sharply here this morning again, uh, although uh, at least we're not limit down. I guess that's a good thing to say in this wheat market right now. Soybeans, again, showing some double-digit losses. Corn is probably the strongest of the three right now, but still down slightly, being pulled lower by soybeans and wheat. Meantime, livestock trade taking advantage of lower grain prices here this morning, trading triple digits higher in feeder. In live cattle and moderately higher, or excuse me, feeder cattle and lean hogs, and moderately higher in the live cattle trade taking a look at some numbers right now. May corn down six and a half, 749 and a quarter. July corn down nine and a quarter, seven sixteen to three quarters. May soy 17 to three quarters lower, 1668 and a half. July down 17 to three quarters, 1640, one to three quarters. Bean meal for May 640, a ton lower at 477.30. Meantime, May bean oil down 76.7392. May Chicago wheat 40 lower, 1047. May Kansas City wheat down 25 and a half, 1040 and a quarter. And looking at as- well, over at May spring wheat, that is currently trading lower. May spring wheat is down 12 at 1043. Lean hogs for April up 120, 10130. March feeder cattle up 95, 152.60. And April live cattle up 57 at 136.47 this hour. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen reporting.
0: Agriculture of America is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around.
1: information farmers and ranchers need to know
9: AOA now back to Mike Pearson
1: Welcome back to AOA, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. We always appreciate our audience listening to the show, especially today. We're down here at the Commodity Classic in New Orleans, Classic 2022. Big crowd down here talking about the future of the ag industry and the policy concerns they need to meet, but also coming through the trade show and seeing just what is out there in terms of new technology to become more efficient on the farm. Well, today we are talking to some of those folks here with the technology to make us more efficient on the farm. We're in the Intelligent Ag booth. If you have a chance to make it down to the trade show here in New Orleans, we're booth booth 4116. Come by and see us. And we've been talking to Russ Drenth. Russ joined us in the first segment. We're picking that back up. And Russ, let's talk about some of the exciting solutions that Intelligent Ag is bringing to the world of spraying.
2: Yeah well you know sprayers obviously have come a long way and they do all kinds of nifty things. They can crab walk, they got hydraulic booms that do all kinds of stuff. I heard they even wash your dishes now while you you use it, I'm not even sure. So there's some wonderful things but at the end of the day the number one thing we need to know is what's coming out of each nozzle. And would you believe it that we do not have that technology until most recently with uh, intelligent ag. So, best way I can describe it is uh, if you're in your unit and you say you've got 15 gallons an acre, you think you're doing a good job, and that's over a boom, but that's the problem. So, half the boom theoretically could be fully blocked. Half the boom could be 200% flow, and you're your monitor says 15 gallons an acre, you think you're doing a great job. So at the end of the day, unless we absolutely can control the, uh, or I should say monitor, the pressure flow and droplet size, because some of these chemicals are very, very sensitive, at each individual nozzle, you could be doing a terrible job and you never even know it as far as that goes. So so Russ, Mm -hmm. that was an interesting point. Mm -hmm. Your acoustic sensors can detect droplet size? You can measure- Well, actually with this, it's a little bit different. So this is a a newer technology that we patented. It's called really a suspended vortex. And I could go through all the details, but that would probably be an hour and then maybe I wouldn't even describe it quite right. But suffice it to say, we can measure very thick, Uh, liquids that are uh, flowing a certain way to very very thin clear liquids that are flowing a different way and that's the beauty of our technology to to how we can monitor this that's the that's the the birth interesting and is
1: it going Mm -hmm. inside the tubes how is it working yeah Yeah. Yeah, it's just
2: like it it actually is just in line okay uh with your where your check valve normally goes this just goes in line and uh yeah it tells you on the fly exactly what's coming out of each individual nozzle and unless you do that, I stress, you will never have good spray quality. And uh, just to pick on some people, uh, first of all, I'll pick on myself. I used to do custom application many, many years ago. And I can tell you, I look back on it. I'd go back and look at the the nozzles thinking I was doing a good job, whatever. And now I realize just how bad of a job I was doing, <laughs> even though I yeah. thought I was doing a good job. Um, and I happen to bring a little guest with me here. Please, uh, uh, let's you meet know, him. And you may know him from his YouTube fame on uh, uh, with Welker Farms, but Nick Welker, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the things that have happened to you real life out in the field that uh, this technology could help with.
3: Absolutely. and Thank you, Russ, for introducing me. And so, yes, uh, a couple years back, um, we were getting more and more into growing yellow peas. And one of the things you do with yellow peas that's pretty critical to the, the, the quality of their production is uh, pre-emergent spray. And when we were doing that, um, but like you said, we don't put a whole lot of thought into the, you fill a sprayer up, you put the gallon in, you ride the right speed, and you just expect that the rate's going down correctly. And so we did that, and a couple weeks later, as the spring began to emerge and grow, we kind of noticed there were sure, weird streaks in the fields, and 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 just some was stunted and yellow, and others was green. And you're like, what is going on here? And it got worse and worse, and before you know it, we're going, oh, this is bad. And so I even took the drone up. To fly around, and I'm like, "What? What are we seeing here? What, what's going on?" And you clearly could see it was an applicating thing. I mean, there were areas where the sprayer started off worse, and there were streaks. And I'm like, "Well, it must be a nozzle." So I went down the sprayer boom and started taking the nozzle bodies off, and they had those little screens in them, and they were just plugged solid with white milky content. And mm-hmm. the, the type of herbicide that we were using, um, for whatever reason, didn't you know didn't flow through screens very well. And so what was happening was, you were putting 40 PSI through the boom and with nozzles being restricted and others being open, it was forcing more product through the regular nozzles, over-applicating some spots, which was stunning the growth of the peas because they're not they're not they're not rated for that type of herbicide level. And then the other areas were getting about nothing and we'd get weeds growing into there and it ended up being just a wreck. Um, really unfortunate because as we know, pressure in in fluid will go to the least resistance. And the least resistance was some nozzles and none were others. And oh, it was a nightmare. It was, <laughs> there's no going back either you can you can't wash it
2: off and be like yeah. oh we're good yeah
3: you get one shot that's yeah. absolutely all you get
2: yeah 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 absolutely and that's one of the reasons why we started this research over 4 years ago we asked ourselves why are there chemical resistant weeds and why are there weed escapes when you have 350,000 dollar sprayers with all these new classes of chemicals but the real truth is these classes of chemicals have gotten so sensitive and so specific with their droplet size and rates that, frankly, Albert Einstein himself couldn't figure this out, I've said that, because you've got all these different tips and all these different chemicals and all these different combinations, and so that doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, and so, Nick, how long have you been working with the new technology?
3: So, yeah, so as far as spray sense go, you know, we haven't we haven't ran that yet, but with uh, the block systems on our air drills for Intelligent Ag, mm-hmm. we've been doing that for, we were actually, I think one of the first customers in Montana that uh, purchased this system back in, oof, I, I mean, it was, I'm not sure what year that was, but at least over 10 years ago, right. yeah. mm-hmm. one of the first systems. And um, right away we saw uh, <laughs> saw the benefit in having a, a wireless system. Wires are a nightmare. When stuff's vibrating, moving, getting rained, you can't put, most guys don't have the facilities, to put their air drills under a building through the air. So it gets rained on all year and it's just, you just deal with headaches because the system usually doesn't work. And wireless was just so nice. You just run power to it it works and yeah. and it saved us right off the bat fertilizer is the biggest thing um it gets clunky gets clotted yeah. a little bit of moisture and they plug these runs up um and then as we started getting into our peas we had one year where we were uh using our own seed for our peas and we we, we bought a cleaner but we didn't run them through a scalper we basically just kind of air cleaned them and we're like oh we're good and ran them through Well didn't realize it, but over 6,000 bushels of peas, there was about a five-gallon bucket of rocks and gravel.
4: Oh. You know, because
3: you're, you're cutting low to the ground. I mean, nice. we literally, after we've cleaned and now and I've done this, we literally end up with five-gallon buckets of rocks measuring from, you know, a, mm-hmm. a centimeter up to an inch and a half in diameter. And so when we started seeding, I was like, runs are plugged, runs are plugged. And the, the recon monitor is showing red, 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 red. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is so, <laughs> so you stop the air drill and you get out and open it up and there's just a rock floating inside of the, the manifold, yeah. you know? And so like pull it out or yeah. pigeon feather. And so yeah. with that said, without the blockage system, would have seeded all those acres until your tank's empty. Or you would seed it and be like, that's weird, I've seeded 300 acres and I should be empty by now, but i still got seed in the tank. And so right. you would have had a lot of acres that you'd, what do you do, reseed it? You've got, you can't, don't want to double see it, you just gotta leave it and let it be the laughing stock of a uh, county road as right, everybody drives by. Right.
2: You know, along the road too. it, yeah, it always is. You know, it's interesting what he's talking about monitoring and how important that is. And so you talk about the new sprayers and they'll have recirculating booms. So as just a, uh, a, a side note to one of our uh, trade shows, we, uh, our, our field days, we actually tried to do a purpose, purpose uh, uh, plug of a nozzle, if you will, right? Okay, yeah. and so we put a little grain of sand in there and, and yep one day yep okay yep that, that that simulates it we went there the next day and turned on the sprayer and in that it was spraying perfect and that grain of sand had actually moved down that recirculating boom two or three nozzles and dropped in and it was plugged two nozzles down so that just tells you how sophisticated so we're, we're, we're helping things by like recirculating booms and things like this but then you almost cause another another issue or problem that if you can't monitor it you have no clue so you might fix one nozzle one day and literally within three minutes another nozzle is plugged or whatever the case may be russ and now, so mm-hmm.
1: uh, while we're thinking about this you mentioned that recon screen lighting up red showing you the block it's showing you the problems you've got to go and fix to be most accurate and most efficient so the the Spray Sense came out last summer. Have mm-hmm. you seen any or heard those kind of stories from folks who put the system on
2: last year? Well, we, we've done over a quarter of a million uh, acres in testing and things like this, but uh, still one-on-ones with a lot of the farmers I have to do. But I can tell you this, um, when you look at like, uh, as an example, droplet size, which is very, very instrumental as far as your insecticides and herbicides, and uh, I should say fungicides. When these guys start, start spraying, a lot of times they'll say, hey, I've got it dialed in with this particular tip at this speed, at this pressure. But all of a sudden, maybe you're not going 11 miles an hour. You're only going 10 miles an hour. And maybe you're at uh, 28 PSI instead of 30 PSI. And you'll see real time that droplet size change. And you need, to, you need to do one of two things. You need to stop that sprayer and go back and put on a different tip or you need to change what you're doing out in the field to make that droplet size correct so it's real time on the fly management and we have over 1200 tips already programmed into the system Oh wow. you'll just choose your tip and you can add your own if it's some exotic tip and so you can manage it and that's the beautiful thing that who can manage a uh, all you nick you tell me can you manage all this <laughs> i can't but, but tell me about it. i mean really
3: Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. What is that? Jack of all trades, masters of none. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, that's just it. I mean, there's just like, I like to think about too, the the worn out nozzles. I mean, honestly, when you really, who honestly goes and does a a volume (laughs) count for each nozzle on your sprayer every year? I mean, there are those out there that do mm-hmm. and, and, and hats
1: uh, off to yes those that absolutely that, d- that detail
3: focused but but i mean we're we're in go mode i mean we're getting air drills ready we're getting trucks yeah, ready we're getting right. augers ready we're getting fertilizer on site we're, i'm getting the spray trailer all replumbed because it's winterized and getting this done and getting that done and getting chemical and this, yeah. and this and this and this and that sprayer's out and the last thing i'm going to do in that moment is like it's go seeds ready <laughs> or this, the ground conditions ready we're ready to plant i don't want to be sitting there going through the sprayer and testing everything so like being able to get on there and be like oh yeah nozzles 7 and 14 and 27 are not putting out the correct floor over over applicating then it's oh real right. quick change out change out and then i'll have to go through the whole entire thing right so. yeah, yeah. Right, right right it's
1: incredible it's yeah. incredible this technology russ we're going to go to a break we'll come yeah. back with more yeah. conversation folks stick around before we do where can they go to get more information if they're curious about intelligent ag and want to yeah. dig into these solutions yeah
2: what's the website yeah so it'll be intelligentag.com and uh, you'll wanna go to the Spray Sense uh, section there. We'll have the different products listed and uh, yeah, yeah, that's where they can go. Hop on there, check
1: that out. And of course, you've got the hashtag beat this blockage on social media. We're gonna talk about that when we return, folks. Stick around, there'll be more AOA (laughs) when we return after this break live from Commodity Classic
3: 2022.
0: Culture of America is brought to you by Cenex premium diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
10: What do Mick Jagger, Barbara Walters and Star Jones all have in common? They've all suffered from something called heart valve disease. Heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans and if left untreated can lead to death.
0: Join us every Tuesday for Around the
1: Table, brought to you by CHS, where we take a close look at the benefits of cooperative ownership. Each week, we'll host a new guest and discuss how you can get the most from working with your local cooperative. And we'll learn why farmers and ranchers just like you choose cooperatives to help them persevere and prosper. Tune in each Tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more.
2: As a truck driver, I've learned how important road safety is. I know that large trucks need more time and room to stop.
4: That's why I always hang back and follow other vehicles at a safe distance. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're driving, try to remember to always give trucks
2: extra space when you merge in front of them. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov.
8: Each and every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique, original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crops, cattle, equipment technology, and more. You'll find innovative topics like, would you plant soybeans in December? Experiments look at the possibility of boosting yields with early planting. Want to save time? Learn how through autonomous machinery systems. Will there be a surge in feed prices in 2021? And what's today's weather forecast for my farm? The editors of DTN and Progressive Farmer are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today.
11: Today, more than six million Americans are living with Alzheimer's, and more than 11 million family members and friends serve as their caregivers. While researchers are working tirelessly to end Alzheimer's and all other dementia, the number of people living with Alzheimer's is expected to more than double by 2050. The toll of the disease is monumental, and its devastation affects family, friends, and especially caregivers. No one should face Alzheimer's and dementia by themselves, If you or someone you know is struggling to provide care to a loved one, please share this message. You are not alone. Free help and resources are available 24-7. To talk with an expert and obtain disease-related information, care and support services, call 800-272-3900 or visit the Alzheimer's Association website at alz.org. You are not alone.
0: Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oils, oils that run smart.
3: information farmers and ranchers need to know AOA
1: now back to Mike Pearson Welcome back to AOA. I am still here at the Intelligent Ag booth, booth 4116 in the trade show at the Commodity Classic 2022. We've been having discussions about technology in the world of application, sprayer, floater application, making sure the right product is getting to the right place as we think it should. And to have that conversation, we've been talking to Russ Drenth. He's the sales director with Intelligent Ag, and he has brought along Mr. Nick Welker. We have both of them sitting here today. And Russ, before we went to break, we mentioned
2: the hashtag that you guys are promoting, Beat This Blockage.
1: Yep. Why does that hashtag resonate this year?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I tell you, uh, more than ever, we, we want to make sure we're getting things in the ground. And uh, as Nick uh, has elocuted uh, that, uh, uh, you know, there's just plenty of different things that can happen. Birds nests, uh, I mean, mouse nests, I mean, you name, you name it in, in agriculture equipment, it can be there overnight. And so we kind of have a fun thing. And Nick, I'll actually let you uh, explain it about the, the beat the blockage and get a free pair of gloves and see who can come up with the best uh, blockage. Uh, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of fun. Th- things. The best blockage story. Yeah, I- yeah, exactly, Okay. Exactly.
3: yeah. Yeah, well, no, we all have our story. I mean, like you said, anything, mice, it doesn't matter. It, oh, yeah. it, somehow they find a way to get in those tubes, and, and we find them. But yeah, so uh, basically throughout social media, uh, you can you know, post a picture of a, a blockage moment that you've encountered, whatever it is, and hashtag beat this blockage, and, uh, and, and by tagging intelligent ag in and then that way uh, spread just the, <laughs> the headache and pain that we all know, and go, oh yeah, I've been there. It's like the stuck moment, you know? Yes. Tractor yeah. Tractor stuck moments, the same thing. <laughs> And then uh, yeah the Intelligent Ag will pick out what they think is the yeah. the, the winner the king and then
2: and, and uh, get a free pair of gloves for yeah, those. Yeah 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 so I you have a lot of fun with it. You know cool. I mean you might as well make uh, farming a little bit fun. It's been challenging the last few yes. years and uh, let's have a little bit of fun with Absolutely, team, it and it's
1: probably going to be challenging this year. Just input so. costs yeah. are going higher. We're hearing yeah. from farmers across the country, just the, the the struggles to get
2: things paid for this year. Once yeah, you get them paid for, right. you want to make
1: darn sure they're going where they're supposed to be this year.
2: And that yeah. is the other nice thing about the WBM, and I can let Nick, uh, again, explain this maybe even in better detail than I can, which is, you know, especially if you're, if you're laying down two or three products, so you got fertilizer and seed, our system can detect if your, uh, maybe fertilizer is uh, bridged or something of this nature, and so maybe you're only getting half the, the fertilizer on, your, this system will tell you, and, and Nick, I'm sure you probably have had that happen oh. with the towers and the mass flow number, and maybe you can talk to Abs- that mass flow number.
3: Absolutely. So yeah, the mass flow number, it's basically a, a general mu- number given, doesn't really necessarily indicate an actual level of anything. It just Gives you a, a perspective. Uh, let's just say one to a thousand. So, say six hundred is the number that you, with you're putting on seventy pounds an acre of seed, we're putting on one hundred twenty pounds of fertilizer blend. It says six seven hundred. Okay. Well, if you're seeding along and everything looks great and your monitors metering correctly, and you look at it and all of a sudden it says four hundred, going oh that number's down. Something is restricting the flow, or or we've had it go up higher um and so it kind of gets you just thinking and you're looking so you're going okay what could be going on here And you're looking at the back and you might stop and do a do a run and just check all the runs see if what's on the ground um but then not only that what we found a lot of times like you said is bridging we've had a lot of bridging happen you're seeding along you think things are great and you get all the way down to the field and your tank level monitor is kind of still showing a couple bars in there and there's going there like well maybe it's just having a problem and you get to the end you open the tanks up and it's still full of fertilizer you're like i didn't put any fertilizer down yeah. and that's where that, that 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 number you'll know if you're putting the correct amount of fertilizer down, you'll get into that ballpark but the other thing too as we've noticed is you'll have so like our air drills run eight runs so it could be that two of those eight are giving off a lot lower number than the other six and so you go, okay, well, where are those runs go underneath the manifold of the air cart? And you look under there' and go, okay, well, there's probably something stuck in the meter or a rock or something mm-hmm. right up in there that's not letting it flow to those two runs to the thing. And sure enough, every time we so we go to Phil, rent it all out, climb inside the tank and there's a big chunk of fertilizer jammed in there and, and that's yeah. We would probably never look for that. We'd probably just fill it right back up again and go see it again and right. do the whole farm that way.
1: That's the yeah. the thing that amazes me, Nick, I'm hearing you tell these stories, the ability to catch it immediately right. and then be pointed in the right direction for troubleshooting. The, the hmm. abilities, you just mentioned to, okay, I know thanks to where this is showing me I've got troubles, I know where to look first, which beats the pants out of having to tear everything apart randomly to try and figure out what's going on. Absolutely.
3: The old way we used to do it was you do a couple runs up and down the field, stop, get out, lift toolbar up, press the button for a little bit, run a bunch of product out, and then literally walk and count every of the 77 shanks (laughs) down Mm -hmm. and look and go, okay, that's the right amount. That's the right amount. Oh, this one's only got seed, no fertilizer come out of this one, or this one's only got fertilizer, no seed. Okay, then you gotta trace it all the way back. Start going to the, look in the boot. Are there any gamut? No, go into the manifold. Look there, no. And then you kind of work your way back. And, it's, and, and it could be a lot of times that the air pressure, you know, we got old tractors run big buds. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the hydraulics do things and the air dro- volume drops for a second. Well, just a quick drop in your airflow can plug up a run and you don't know that right and so so then you take the manifold off you look well it's metering on the meter and you go to the other end of the drill and you're like there's nothing plugged in this end well somewhere there's a tube and it's half full of product mm-hmm. and you, so i mean yeah. it's just you're running with a hammer and thumping everything listening to the sound Oh, that <laughs> one sounds like a yeah you know <laughs> yeah, right. yeah it doesn't sound right no so it's yeah. just that's just the reality so anything you can do to give you more information mm-hmm. i mean it sometimes it's an overload but if it can give you more information you're sitting in the tractor with auto steer you got time to kind of look at stuff and and it allows you to correct a situation before you make a mess. Russ,
1: we're we're gonna be heading out pretty shortly, but Mm -hmm. we're listening to Nick tell where he's found some value. Where else are you hearing customers find value?
2: Oh boy, you know, I tell you, it's interesting, again, back to the spray sense side of things, when we had our uh, uh, first, uh, I guess, uh, demonstration, we actually had a farmer come up and say, hey, I got stung last year. I want one of your systems. As soon as it's out, I want it. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, when I switched over to soybeans, something happened. I, I swear, I purged everything, cleaned everything out, you name it went out and sprayed, had three streaks up and down my, my fields. Long story short, he said, I think it cost me a bushel an acre on soybeans. Oh, he had a thousand acres of soybeans, $15 a bushel. So one, uh, I guess, crop, one year, one pass, the system paid for itself. It's so from a return on investment, it, it's maybe hard for some farmers to understand that. And because if we're catching it, proactively it doesn't become a problem so how do you measure yeah. the return on investment but I, I think Nick would would suffice it to say that it's worth it I I'm assuming yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah no I, I
3: think yeah. if you really add up the amount of acres that you spray I mean I'll, I'll put 40,000 acres in the sprayer here. you do that you're going to damage areas. It's, it's
1: yeah. going to happen. Yeah, right, we are. On. Russ, before yeah. we go, where can folks go for information on Intelligent ag?
2: Yep, Yep, IntelligentAg.com. And then don't forget the uh, hashtag for Beat Your Blockage. And, uh, yeah, we'll give you a free pair of gloves. You can come up with something nifty for us.
1: Folks, check that out. Tag anything on social media, Facebook and Twitter with hashtag BeatThisBlockage. And if you're at Commodity Classic, come on down. Booth 4116. They'll be having great discussions here all day long. So we appreciate them taking the time to join us Thank today. Yeah. Great to see the technology being developed in sprayers folks tune in on monday we'll have more aoa talking policy soybeans and weather have a great weekend
0: agriculture of america is brought to you by cenex premium diesel diesel that doesn't mess around
6: okay gotta be late gotta go gotta go where'd i put
9: ah wallet check And, oh, phone, Uh, check. Keys, check. Lunch, check. Checking for the things you need doesn't take long. But what about checking for your safety? Right now, one in every five vehicles on the road has an open safety recall. But it only takes seconds to check for open recalls on your car at checktoprotect.org. All you need is your vehicle identification number or license plate number. Your automaker may not have the right information to notify you about recalls by mail, especially if you recently moved or drive an older or used car. CheckToProtect.org is the quick, easy way to find out if your vehicle has an open safety recall and find the closest dealer who can make the repair for free.
1: Oh, oh, laptop. Check.
9: Before you go, take a minute. Visit CheckToProtect.org. Check to is a program of the National Safety Council.